Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and in studio today, I'm with Ron Huntley. It's good to see you, Ron. Hi, Dan. And my friend, Father James Mellon, it is a pleasure to be with you today. As for me too, Dan. And it's good to see our guest. It's good for, for Jeff Smith from Word Among Us to be joining us. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Doing fine, Dan. Thanks. Excellent. So, guys, before we actually get into the conversation, uh, Jeff, you and your team recently released a video uh, that we that was produced with Father James that, that talked about Father James's um, his connection to Word Among Us, not just the recent one, but his actually his, his, his historical connection. So, if if we could just take a pause, I'd love I'd love to just share that video if that would be okay. So, here's let's let's roll that video now. I used to have this philosophy. All that matters is you love God and you can do anything you want, which was very convenient. I had spent a lot of energy in high school trying to fit in, compromising deep down what I knew to be right. I had a lot of anger in my life, typical teenage angst. At the age of 16, I experienced something that I didn't know was possible. It was just this all-encompassing experience that I'm loved. I'm loved by God. I remember that night having a sense that my life wouldn't be the same anymore. It would be another year and a half before I would really come to a point of surrendering my life to Christ. Prayer was becoming more important to me. I used the word among us. I learned how to pray using that publication. It was a particular edition that had a really powerful impact. I just remember having this moment of clarity about what the cross was about and what it meant for me. The gospel's all about lives changing, not just one time, but on and on and on. It's going through that journey, knowing that the Lord is right there with us. God putting that article in front of me and how he spoke to me through that article profoundly impacted me. I look back in those early experiences and see how they've really shaped what I was passionate about in my ministry. I'll never forget my first Mass looking out and thinking, how do we wake this up? When a parish comes to life, your parish begins to fill up with passionate people who love the Lord. You see more dynamic worship, you see people forming small communities, and you see people taking ownership of the mission of the church. The Lord has given me all these gifts. I want to use these gifts for the sake of the kingdom of God. We've turned our churches into clubs instead of a training center for missionary disciples. The call to be a disciple is a call to change. And if our lives don't change when we come into contact with prayer and scripture, when we come to mass, then something's missing. Divine Renovation is a theological pastoral proposal to help churches wake up and have as normative within a parish all the things that have been normative within the movements. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can change. I don't have to be the same person tomorrow that I am today. And when that happens, even a small parish can change the world.
So Jeff, that the, the video that you guys produced at, at Word Among Us, I mean, it, it's it's a great uh, story of of sort of Father James's connection to to you, and um, it, it tells a bit of the, a bit of that story, that narrative of, of how Word Among Us impacted you. We'll be, we'll be sure to link it in the podcast for those who want to to share it and or, or view it again later. Um, but Father James, why don't why don't you speak a little bit before before we ask Jeff too many questions about why how Word Among Us has fit into your life? Yeah, I think I go back to those early years and. For me, my experience of God in prayer was very much connected to going on retreat weekends like the one mm-hmm. that I went on. And in the video, there's a scene of me standing with an umbrella, but there's nothing there. But that's where the, the Mount St. Vincent Mother House was. It was this gargantuan building for the Sisters of Charity. And that's where we had that retreat mm-hmm. weekend. And on the top floor, basically just as I, exactly where I was standing on the top floor, there was a room called the penthouse that they had big, huge windows that overlooked the Bedford so Basin and, and the water. And that's the room right underneath the windowsill. If the building was still there, I could take you there and say, that's that's where I experienced God in a profoundly personal way for the first time in my life. And you were in that room at the same time, mm. which is really, really crazy. But at that point, my experience of prayer really was dependent on going on weekends like that, because later we came back on team and we gave talks and that was kind of like the hinge of my spirituality. And it wasn't until I was heading into my first year at university that after a prayer meeting, I, I saw uh, this magazine called The Word Among Us on a, on, a, on a table at a prayer meeting. And I got a copy of it. And I, and I, I was like, wow, this is, this is really amazing. And, you know, in addition to the, the, the daily uh, uh, scripture re- readings and the, and, and the reflections of these really amazing articles that I began to really devour. But what it did for me was that it launched me into praying with scripture mm-hmm. and opened up the whole world of scripture in a, in a, which was profoundly life-changing. Uh, and that was, that was the key thing is that it moved me from intense spiritual experiences on retreats to realizing I can experience God mm. Every single day of my life, like that was, that was like, <laughs> that's huge though. But it was huge, and it was, and I remember in my first year at, at Dalhousie University, I was studying. Uh, I was on a kind of pre med course, and I was doing uh, sciences and biochemistry and all these all these things. But I started my second year. I was doing biochemistry, organic chemistry, analytical chemistry, physical chemistry. My burn course was called Drugs and Behavior. It was a psychology course, which basically was biochemistry. But I was getting into school early, going to the library with my Bible and my word among <laughs> us. And I was praying in the library and prayer was, I almost wanted to pray more and read these articles that I did want to read. Chem- chemistry. <laughs> I love so, that. Yeah. I, I love that word among us was such a, a pivotal part of your journey for other James. Uh, help me understand, Jeff, how does your journey with word among us start? What help? What is that like? Uh, well, I've been I've been working here most of my career. I'm 59 years old right now. I started at Word Among Us when I was uh, 30 30 years old. Oh, wow. So, um, but I knew the people who who began the magazine. I was part of a prayer group that had begun the magazine, and we began it with the exact purpose that Father James just spoke about, which mm. is to help people encounter the Lord in prayer and Scripture. Mm. Uh, that that mountaintop experiences aren't enough but that the Lord wants to be part of our daily life. Mm. And, and he really wants us to experience him. And that had been my experience. And I was part of this prayer group, this, uh, and, and we began the word among us in 1981. I came over in 1990 and, 
and it has uh, it's been such a blessing for me to to work here to but not just to work here to to be able to share the 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 message that that God is real God is alive and um, Father James is just one example out of right. seven hundred thousand readers who are encountering the Lord using the Word among us every day as a as a way to pray and read scripture. I love that, Jeff. I love that you started there when you're, I assume you didn't come in as president when you were 30, right? I didn't. I <laughs> no, you, you worked your way up. Did you? <laughs> I love that. I love that you've been. I'm, I'm really just a marketing guy. And that's, I came into the, I came into this ministry when, when it was going a little bit from a mom and pop shop up to, uh, uh, to try to become a little bit more organized, a little bit uh, more strategic. And, and so I was hired with, with some other people and, and uh, I will say it's grown a lot, not because we are that talented. It, the growth of, of The Word Among Us as a ministry, as a magazine, and also in our book publishing really is a testimony to the Lord. The, the, uh, the, the growth of it has just been phenomenal. Mm. Even most, most magazines these days, as people know, are shrinking. And mm. by God's grace, we haven't been. We've, we're serving more and more people every year, and that's a... That's a blessing. So Jeff, help, help for those listeners who are, who are joining us, who might not be as familiar with Word Among Us, what is, help us understand the organization, the ministry. Give us, a, give us the 101 on what Word Among Us is. Uh, the Word Among Us started just with the magazine. Uh, so uh, we, today we have about 60 people on staff, uh, good brothers and sisters in the Lord, who, who really are quite passionate about our mission. Um, we, we publish in uh, about 15 languages. Wow. And uh, our magazine goes to about 15 different languages. We have, uh, as I said, we have 700,000 readers in uh, worldwide every month. Uh, over 150,000 of them are in are in Africa, which is a great. <laughs> I mean, you know, the church is doing well in Africa, and that's that's very interesting. But our 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 greatest focus is here in North America, in the United States, and Canada, and um, that's what we really focus on. And then. And, but we have publishers, partners all over the world, uh, good Catholic partners, renewal movements, um, uh, religious orders, dioceses who publish our magazine in their local uh, countries in their languages. <laughs> that's that's great. How do you understand and how does the team, the 60 odd people that are uh, that work at Word Among Us, how do you guys understand your mission? What is, what is God calling Word Among Us to be in the world? Uh, I think the Lord is calling us to be a one piece of the pie of what he's doing. We are not everything. We are not the answer to all of the needs that the, the world has or the church has. We have, our mission is to help people experienced, experience Jesus Christ in prayer and scripture and at mass. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. It's very clear. You know, I often think, uh, as I said, I've been here a long time. I often think when I when I face the Lord, He's not going to ask me how many readers did you have. Mm. He's not going to ask me how big was the company or any of that. He will ask, were you faithful? Was the was this ministry faithful to what He called us to when we began in 1981? Mm. That's what we're gonna. That's what He's going to ask. That's what He's entrusted us with. And and so we want people to hear from the Lord in prayer. We want them to experience the Lord in prayer, no matter what their spirituality is. There's, it doesn't matter what their spirituality is. God wants to speak to his people in prayer. Mm -hmm. We want to help people really worship the Lord at mass and in their own prayer life, not just ask for stuff, 
not just, you know, God's not a vending machine. That's right. <laughs> and we want the scriptures to come alive um, as they did for the early church. The scriptures, you know, the Old Testament came alive incredibly for the early disciples. And we believe that the Lord speaks through his word and and can speak to us. And especially, of course, we focus on the scriptures from daily mass. So that's that's the, in the nutshell what we do, whether it's books that we publish or our magazine. They're all, they all have this experiential quality of what we want people. If lives don't change, we're wasting our time. Right. We should sell I widgets. That. I, I think, uh, you know, we've still got so much to do as a church to teach people about prayer because for so many people, prayer is simply intercessory prayer or it's mental prayer. And it's fundamentally not about listening to God. And in order to have a conversation, there's got to be listening. And the, the primary locus of, of hearing God's voice is his word. That That is a privileged place. And sadly for so many Catholics and many other Christians, they, they, praying with the word of God is such an undiscovered country. And it's very different also from from studying the word of God. And, and although the, the word among us really helps you to do that too. But I've I got to say this, Jeff, that in all my years in the seminary, I was in, the, I was in two different seminaries for a total of eight years I always had uh, an open Bible, either at the foot of my bed or on a table, and the Word Among Us was always tucked underneath the open, because every night before I went to bed, I would, I would read the reflection. And even when I studied Scripture, because when I studied Scripture formally at, at, at the seminary, it was quite dry and very mechanical, and it, it really, it, it almost stole from me the joy of the Word of God. And, mm. and the, the, the Word Among Us was a, was a, was a real grace, because... The voice there was different from these dry textbooks. It was it helped it to be, remain a living word that was living and active, that was sharper than a two-edged sword. So I am just so grateful to your ministry and especially for that publication, <laughs> Rob. I saw you getting excited when Jeff was talking about how how you know it's it's not it's not we're not changing lives. We should be making widgets. <laughs> Boy, I'll get a T-shirt with that, Jeff. Boy, that speaks my language, man. <laughs> like as churches, man, we should be measuring that. If we're not changing lives, man, we're making widgets. Love it. Yeah. Love your passion. Love your f- simple focus, but your commitment to changing lives. I mean, boy, when we get laser focused on changing lives, God actually gives us the grace to do it. But when we just go through the motions and think that that's normal, well... We don't need God's grace, do we? <laughs> and often, I've always often been struck that in the church that the, the fact that so many Catholics have never tasted the word of God. I mean, there's that great image in the book of Revelations and I think also the prophet Jeremiah where it's like, here, take the scroll and eat it. You eat the scroll and, and it's, it's um, you know, for so many Catholics, they, they've never experienced it. And here's what I find more troubling than that truth that for many people in leadership, it doesn't seem to bother anyone. It's like, it's almost like it's kind of cute. Oh, isn't that cute? Look, they, they, they can't eat solid food. Isn't that cute? It's not cute. It's sad. It really is. And, and we don't seem to be disturbed by it, you know? And uh, I've often experienced that as a quite, a quite a heavy burden in my own ministry as well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why when you talk about parishes being in a maintenance mode rather than a mission mode, I think part of that is if, if the members of a parish aren't in touch with the word of God, it's hard to be out of maintenance mode. True Mm -hmm. enough. Absolutely. We get compelled by being in touch with God 
um, no matter, again, no matter what our spirituality, almost doesn't matter, but that we truly encounter the living God is pretty essential if parishes want to move into a mission. You know, if we want to really create evangelists, you, you have to be in touch with the Lord. I have to be in touch with the Lord every day. Amen. So Jeff, what was your journey? How, how did you get in touch with the Lord? Like, I mean, obviously you've got a, a great passion for, for scripture, but help me understand, you know, Jeff, Jeff Smith, the man, uh, and in your own journey a little bit. Uh, it's a long journey. <laughs> um, I, uh, the Lord touched my life, not unlike Father James when I was a very young man. I was 16 years old. I was a good Catholic, raised in a, a really very fine family. My dad and mom were daily mass goers, and I'm very grateful for that. I think my faithfulness uh, in daily prayer has a lot to do with watching the example of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had to go through a journey where my faith came alive. That happened at age 16 at a prayer meeting. Uh, but you just fast forward decade after decade, and uh, it's I've been married 33 years. Uh, we've had five kids. We now have our fifth grandchild on the way. And my journey has been one of of both a lot of joys and a lot of tr- a lot of troubles, a lot of struggles. I'm no different than anybody out there. Everybody, I always say to people, you can't get to age 35 without some serious struggles in life. Uh, I just, at least I haven't met anybody that does. And uh, in my own life, you know, I'm a dad and I've got great kids, but we've gone through some very serious um, challenges in life, even in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, I lost a daughter, Kathleen, to uh, a heroin overdose. Uh, that was about a year and a half ago. Jeannie and I, my wife of 33 years, we were still working through that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't just get over it or anything like that. You it takes time. Uh, we and then six months after we after we uh, lost Kathleen, we found that our son Peter, our oldest son, has stage four cancer, and so he's on chemo right now. And and so it's been it's been real um, a real challenge. And I find my faith journey now as important as those early years. You know, I find the Lord's presence, the him forming me as a disciple certainly as important today mm. as I did when I was 16 and when I was 20 and in college and trying to be faithful to the Lord. I am so grateful that the Lord taught me to have a prayer life. Mm. I'm so grateful that he taught me that I need the word of God, because this has been my strength in the last couple of years. Um, I was reading the other day, uh, one of one of Jesus's comments in John 16, he, he says, you will all run away, but I am not alone. The father is close to me. And I'm, I realize that in this year, in these couple of years that Jeannie and I have been through our struggles, the father is close to us. Mm-hmm. We are not alone. And frankly, also, we have a lot of good brothers and sisters in the Lord, in my parish, in the prayer group that I go to, uh, you guys, mm. I'm not alone. Amen. Uh, and this is what strengthens me for the journey. And uh, so that's that's 40 years in, in fast motion. And uh, I met somebody at the gym the other day and he said, your life is so perfect. I said, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> It's it's, uh, close to 20 years ago that uh, St. John Paul II wrote an encyclical called Novo Millennio Ineunte on 
on entering into the new millennium. And in his first chapter, I think it was the first chapter, he spoke about prayer and the importance of prayer, but not just a shallow prayer life, but a, but a deep, rich prayer life rooted in the Word of God and how he said that this is not to be seen as something just for a few, but this is to be normative for the Christian life. And he said, without this experience of prayer, we will become, he said, quote, Christians at risk. We will be Christians at risk because not only do we have, in many ways, a, a a culture, a popular culture that, that, that is hostile to faith. But life, Jeff, like what you've described, like if you don't have that prayer to, to hold on to not just a caricature of the God mm-hmm. revealed by Jesus, but, but, the, but the, live, the, the true God revealed by, the, by, by, by him, to, to cling to him in prayer during these awful experiences that life throws at us. And of course, we're very naive to think that if we if we have faith that somehow we're exempt from the trials of life, I mean, we it's a basic human temptation to say why me. And I remember a number of years ago thinking about this and th- and then thinking, well, why not me? I mean, right. if I say why me, it's somehow the underlying belief there is that somehow God is is rewarding and punishing people, uh, and but that's not how God works. I mean, life happens, and we have this promise that no matter what, that for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, that he can work all things through good. Not that he causes directly bad things to happen, but but the grace can be found in all of these as, as we are mourning and weeping in this valley of tears, mm-hmm. which, you know, the, the ancient Marian hymn, uh, the Salve Regina, t- tells us. So yeah. mm-hmm. I remember my we, we were going to do a, a mission years ago, and on the drive to Dartmouth, as was Father Pat's, Cosco's church, I, I went off the road and totaled my car. I was just lucky to be, I literally just finished praying the rosary on my fingers. It's not why I wiped out. Uh, <laughs> it was snowing, there was slush on the road. Um, but my uncle Sean came and picked me up and, and drove me to the mission because uh, I was a little bit late, but I still got there in time to speak. And as we were driving, he was asking me what I was doing, where I was going, why. And, and I told him and he said something really profound and I never forgot it because he asked, you know, what I was speaking on and he said suffering and and he said, no, I don't get that. He said, sometimes people, you know, they go through some suffering and they, they say to themselves, there can't be a God because if there was a true loving God, he wouldn't allow this to happen. He said, I don't know how they can say that. And I said, because I'm thinking to myself, I know how they can say that. What do you mean you don't know how they can say that? And he said, Jesus himself came, not to take away our suffering, but to show us how to suffer. And so he's right there with us in our suffering. And I remember just, that just hit me. So beautifully in your testimony, Jeff, of you and your wife and and that foundation of daily prayer and what that's done for you, like mm. there it is. Mm. Mm. I'm I'm very struck uh, by the scripture, Jesus himself saying, In this world you will have many troubles. He mm. didn't hide it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's part of life. And part of it is because we live in a fallen world. It's you know, I don't uh, people try to understand these things. Uh, who can understand why somebody goes through suffering and another person doesn't seem to, it almost doesn't matter. What matters, at least to me, is to say, I know that we have a faithful God. Mm. I know that our Lord Jesus Christ is faithful. Mm. He is the rock that we can stand on during good times and in bad times. And it doesn't stop us from mourning. It doesn't, you know, Jeannie and I do our mourning uh, privately in our backyard um, and with our kids as we work through some things. But nevertheless, God is faithful, mm-hmm. and that's enough. Yeah. Amen. 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 
Mm-hmm. So the, the first two Divine Renovation books we published with our, our friends and partners at Novalis. Uh, so they published the first book and then the, the Divine Renovation guidebook. And, and Joe Sinisak there, he's often one of the unsung heroes of, of, yes. of sort of the Divine Renovation story. Um, yeah. story. Yeah, because, I mean, it was him that prompted you, Father James, to, to write that first book. And, and so we continue to have a great relationship with them, with him uh, in particular. They're, they're wonderful partners. But when it came time for us to evaluate what the next phase uh, of our publishing might be, uh, we ended up in, in conversation uh, with with you at, at Word Among Us, Jeff. How in the world did that happen, and why were you at all interested in even being in conversation with us? Uh, I, at the time, before I had met any of you, I was the uh, chair of our pastoral council at my local parish, and we decided that we were going to read Divine Renovation, the book that Novalis published, and so we all read it together. And I read this book, and I, I said to myself, I know where Father James is coming from. Uh, I, I knew exactly what was where you were going, and I could see it. And, and the points that you were hitting found a home in me. They found a home in me partially because they overlapped well with what the Word Among Us does and what we believe. <laughs> and so uh, we eventually got in touch with you all. Uh, and... Uh, so that's how it started. Uh, I really, I could see that divine renovation is about changing lives and not about your ministry changing lives, but about the Holy Spirit changing mm-hmm. lives. And that is what we're about. And so, you know, it took, it took time for both of us to get to know one another well. I didn't know that Father James had been a reader of the Word Among Us when he was younger. <laughs> I hadn't, you know, that was very interesting. I remember I came to a conference that that uh, you were speaking at, Father James, and maybe you were there. Or yeah, maybe Ron, you were Ron there. was there too, I think. I can't I, remember. Or it might have been Father Simon that time. But in any case, I Father remember Simon. before your talk, I was with you and you said, come on, let's pray. And we prayed and we prayed with you and over you that the Lord would really bless and speak through you to the parishes that were at this conference. And I just, for me, it was these are my brothers. They're not just, this is not just a publishing opportunity. It is, you know, we're a publisher, but it is more than that. You're this, the, the gift that the Lord has given you is similar to the gift that the Lord has given us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're delighted that we're now publishing with you all. And we, we, the, the, the key book we still believe is Divine Renovation that you first published, but we're delighted that we've now published two books with you. And, uh, so. And hopefully many more to come. Uh, one of the one of the things that um, as as we go down this path, we, we look at our relationship with with Word Among Us very much as a, as a partnership and mission. Uh, yes. So we're we're in mission together, uh, and we're we're trying to to do the things that we feel you know the Holy Spirit is moving us to accomplish. But I want to put you on the spot a little bit here, Jeff. What what is your hope? What is Word Among Us's hope uh, when it comes to 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 parishes globally, both in the United States and around the world? So what what's your hope for parishes? Uh, I'll say what I said at the beginning. First of all, uh, I don't think that we have all the answers for parishes or for dioceses or for the troubles that the church is currently going through or has been going through over some decades. Um, I don't think we have all the resources, by the way. Word Among Us, is we're not a curriculum publisher. We're not a, we're not a music publisher. There's a lot of things we don't do. We do believe that if parishes want to produce disciples, then daily prayer has to be one aspect that's really important. 
So what's my hope? My hope is that thousands of Catholics would have a daily prayer life that's vibrant mm -hmm. and that would be impacted by the word of God. I, I also think that kind of flowing out of my own experience that I, I, when I look at parishes, I see a lot of people who seem to be, there are some really good prayerful disciples in parishes. I see them at mass, but it feels like so often people are journeying alone. And I don't think that's the way the scriptures invited the early disciples to journey. And so my, I think my hope also is that parishes would produce disciples that band together, that can really help them go through troubles in life as I've gone through, but also be evangelized together and support marriages together and live for the Lord together. So, you know, again, this is one of the reasons why I, I, I like what you all have done with Alpha in a Catholic setting and connect groups and all that because people need brothers and sisters to journey with. And it can't fall just on the pastor. Right. It has to, it's, it's disciples together. So I would like to, you know, that's what I want. I want to see disciples who, who support one another and who reach out to others and welcome them to be disciples, to encounter the living God. And that's why, I, you know, one of the reasons I like Alpha so much is I think it's really evangelistic. Mm -hmm. I, it's not it's not simply let's take care of our own, although I think that's important. We all need to be evangelized ourselves. We all need to encounter the living God ourselves. But Alpha just has a an evangelistic heart mm -hmm. uh, that reaches out, that is not satisfied with with um, with the status quo. And I can see that's in, in divine renovation. That's what you all have, uh, you know, that's the engine that seems to drive at least the evangelistic aspect of, of what you do. Uh, Dan, did that answer your question? Yeah, Jeff, I, that absolutely did answer my question. Uh, what I love about, um, what about, about Word Among Us is that there is a similar uh, uh, missionary bent that, that, that we, we feel uh, in, in relationship with you. But one of the things when, when you guys, I can't remember if it was you or, or, or Beth um, from, from your team, when, when you guys were at St. Benedict, one of the times you came to, to visit us, you, you were looking around at people wondering if it was a word among us parish, which is something that was terminology I'd never heard before. You're like, is this a word among us parish at St. Benedict? Because you're looking at the, um, the, the, the magazines, right? The, the, who's, who's carrying a word among us with us? Ever since you've said that to me, every parish I go to, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, is this a word among us parish? <laughs> and, and, and indeed, what I've noticed at St. Benedict Parish is that so many parishioners actually have uh, one of one of your magazines. It's, it's, it's a common thing that I see among our, our, our pews. How are you seeing people uh, use Word Among Us inside of the parish context? Uh, we have about 4,000 parishes in North America, maybe 4,500 that are, that are using the Word Among Us as a key resource. Pastors are bringing it in to say we want to help our parishioners have a daily prayer life, have a scripture life. Uh, so we, we've got a, that's probably a close to a quarter of all the parishes in North America have some commitment. The pastors are seeing this is one valuable resource. Mm. I, I have to say, I hope you don't mind. I have to say that if people are praying and reading using our magazine, that's wonderful. If they're using other resources, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I, I really do think that I, What's most important is that people are having a prayer life, are having a scripture life, and are encountering the Lord at Mass, those three things. And uh, of course, you know, we want them to use the Word among us. We think that, we think that the, the, our, our experiential approach 
is pleasing to the Lord. It's what he's asking us to do. And uh, of course, we'd like to serve more and more people. But most important is that people are praying. And I think that is happening more today, certainly, than 40 years ago, 50 years ago. I do think scripture life, prayer life is increasing in the, in the Catholic world. I still think, like Father James said, it's, it's, it's not enough. And it's too easy to level out. It's too easy to say, my, I don't need the, the scriptures to convict me today, to change me today. And, so, you know, we, we can't stop running the race. Mm-hmm. So in any case, uh, I don't think we're where the Lord wants us as a church, as a people grounded in the word of God. But, um, I'd, but I'd, I'd like right. to add, too, that in terms of um, maybe stalling out uh, in recent years in terms of our trajectory as Catholics in the church with with uh, Scripture, I've also noticed um, and it's something that's going to disturb me too, a, a stalling out in the place that, that Scripture plays even in preaching on a weekend. Sure. I see too often, I see three things happening more and more often that, that there's a very casual surface reference to the Scripture and then a preaching on a topic that doesn't open up the Scriptures. I sometimes see in preaching uh, a homily that is actually on a different scripture passage than was actually read at Mass. And then thirdly, increasingly, even among young priests, I see preaching that basically almost ignores scripture and goes and goes into almost exclusively the history of the church or a catechetical explanation or, or private revelation, like almost where private revelation is quoted more uh, than, than the Word of God or, or the writings of saints. And these are all parts of our, of our patrimony. They're, they're parts of what we have, but surely the, the call of the Second Vatican Council and, and the, the formal teachings of our church is, is to preach the, 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 the primacy of God's Word is what we are to offer to people and, and that really entering into God's Word and breaking it open uh, is something that that I sometimes feel is 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 slowly being lost. The the initiative and momentum that we had uh, in the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties is is somehow stalling out a bit. Now that's just my personal uh, opinion, and um, maybe and it's and it's maybe my own experience, which might not be everyone's experience or opinion. You know, when I hear you talk like that, I would say it's the average person in the pew. Um, you know, that's a style thing in terms of how they're approaching it. But then there's the quality of actually being an excellent communicator. Uh, and I think both of those things need to be addressed if we're going to address preaching, if that mm-hmm. topic's going to come up, because yeah. you can do all those things and still not communicate to the average person in the pew. And so I think it's both. It's one and the other, isn't it? I, I think in parishes, uh, of course, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a priest, Father James. You do this uh, regularly. But I will say that I think it's so important that that our pastors, our our priests, really ask where what do I want somebody to go away with? How is this supposed to impact somebody's life? Mm-hmm. And I I know one priest, uh, a good uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Father Eric Arnold. You all may know Father Eric, and he says I always try to include the basic gospel message in every homily because the basic gospel message has power mm-hmm. to change lives. And uh, so I do think there's different strategies, uh, but I do, but I also think 
pastors need to say, what is this going to do for my flock if they listen to this? Mm-hmm. How is it going to compel them? How is it going to lead them to Christ today? Mm. So. Jeff, last week, uh, Father James, Ron, and I had a great chat about the books in our lives and, and, and the books in, in, in our parish and how, we've, how we use them to 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 try and shift the culture at at St. Benedict Parish and and in, the, in our leadership teams and anyway so I was just curious because I mean for us obviously books play a, a, have played a big role in terms of forming both our parish and our ministries but my my question to you is how why, why are you guys in publishing why do you think books matter because you guys are publishing books you could just stop at the magazine but you're yeah. also publishing books why what what do you see I think for our, well, first of all, I think there are some gifts in the church that need to be uh, expanded and grown. Uh, A a daily magazine is a a good way to encounter the Lord every day. A person who wants to go deeper in a given area needs to read more, needs to seek, you know, to to get better, uh, not just information, but a fuller explanation of some things. Uh, we could never do in the magazine what what we've done with some of the books that we've published with you all. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a fuller uh, fuller discipleship that that books can can uh, can bring. I will say this, you know, I, I sound a little bit like a broken record on some of the stuff. You know, if you ask me, well, why does publishing really matter? I probably would say, well, it doesn't really matter. We don't view ourselves as a publisher first and foremost. We think that proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming discipleship and evangelization, this is what matters. Uh, So it's just the form we use is the written word and, you know, and online and all those kind of things. Um, So when we write an article or meditation, we face the same challenge that we just spoke about for priests and homilies or when you're when you're evangelizing in your parish, how is this going to change this person's life? We want to lead people to Christ through every meditation, every article we, we, um, we write. We're not trying to lead them to us. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get them to think, well, how, I, I want them to understand Jeff's knowledge. I was thinking about St. Andrew this morning. Most people don't think a lot about St. Andrew because he, we all know he led his brother Peter to the Lord. We just want to lead, and we just want to lead people to the Lord. And they might not think a lot about Andrew. They might not think a lot about the Word among us. You know, the fact that we've published books with you all. You know, we published uh, Father Simon's book, and then and then Ron, you and Father James just did Unlocking Your Parish through Alpha. Most people aren't going to ask, "Was this a Word among us book?" <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's okay. They're going to ask, "Does this book impact my life?" Mm-hmm. So that's why we're publishing. Um, That's why we're publishing. I love that, Jeff. I love that. Uh, So I I know our time is running short. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with, you know, you know who our audience is, you know, who listens to this podcast. And I wanted to give you space in case there was anything you wanted to communicate uh, to to the the priests, the the pastors, the parish leaders. uh, And and so if there's anything you'd like to share. I will. Um, A couple of thoughts. Uh, Of course, I'm a big fan honestly, of Alpha and Divine Renovation. And and I th- not because I'm a big fan of you guys, I'm, but because I think the Lord is doing something there. I would love to see a thousand parishes truly being part of your network of parishes. 
I would love to see Alpha really be um, welcomed so well in the Catholic world that parishes become evangelizing machines. And I know how hard it is. I know how hard our parish has worked at this. It's not easy work. It, you know, even with the Lord's grace, which is immense, it doesn't happen overnight. But this is something I would love to see. Uh, I'm. I also want to say I'm really grateful for our partnership. I'm. I'm grateful that the Lord has brought us together, and I'm grateful for other partnerships that the Lord. You know, we're we have a an approach where we want to partner with people who are who have a similar mission to us and overlap and you all are there and we're grateful to be publishing uh with father john ricardo and father mike schmitz and deacon keith strom and uh and mark hart and uh so all these and i'm sure there are others and they should forgive me if i don't mention them but <laughs> you know we want to publish with people who want to change lives and we want every book to have an impact on somebody's life and uh, so that's what we're about and the last thing I'll say is I am, uh, you know, I am just one person among many who are here. There's writers, there's editors, there's people who serve our customers. And I am by far not the word among us. You know, I just have been graced right now to lead this ministry. And uh, in 15 years, somebody else will be leading it. Uh, and hopefully not too much sooner than that. <laughs> but in any case, I, I, I just also want to say this is not a, a this is a, our ministry is not one person. It's the Lord working through a, a bunch of people trying to cooperate with him. And and uh, so that's. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. I love that sentiment, Jeff. I really do. Thanks so much for being with us today. For for those who've been joining us and been on this uh, journey today, I encourage you to check out Word Among Us's webpage. It's wau.org. That's wau.org. And perhaps your your interest has been piqued to find out why Father James would stash a Word Among Us magazine underneath his <laughs> Bible in seminary. It is your opportunity to find out what gems are hidden inside. So if you haven't yet checked out their magazine, I I truly I, I encourage you to, to check it out. I, I steal my wife's every every month. Uh, so it's uh, if your wife isn't getting one, there's another way to get one. It's through the website. <laughs> and we look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. 